every Body Count album, we like to pay homage and tribute to a group that motivated and inspired our sound. On this album, we're sending a shout out to Lemmy, rest in peace from Motorhead. you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? 
first you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nibis. DJ Neko. With you on the Meltdown Radio Podcast. New episode of the Hordes of Chaos. So, got to check out my, actually the first time, I got to check out the full show, the Metal of Mania show with Chris and Kelly Grant. Krypton Scully, your host. What'd you think? It was good. We got to watch it live, and we got it to work on our TV, so that was nice. Yeah, normally I just catch it on reruns. Or on YouTube. Bit, yeah. But, uh... Got it to work. He said they're currently working on like a Roku app, which is kind of cool. Um, hopefully they get that done. But for now, I guess we figured out how to use the Chromecast mm-hmm. and just. And I guess it was a first for them that they didn't get cut off on Facebook. Usually they do, but uh, they didn't uh, have to worry about being shut down on that avenue. So that's good too as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know that's cool about his show. Their show is that you know they're playing a lot of different stuff. Uh, a lot of the are uh, lesser-known lesser bands, even more lesser-known than what we usually play. So that's really cool. I did catch a couple of them in there. Metallium, I know I've been. they're going to be playing on the next episode we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't done a record in like 25 years. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's really cool. And there's a lot of good shit in there. And, of course, he also supports a lot of the Maryland local bands like Snipers. We saw Layla as like a... A couple a, of times. Or Snacks as a fixture on there a lot, so... <laughs> That's such a funny name. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't uh, checked them out, uh, Krypton Skull at Metal Mania, I think it was episode one fifty nine. They did last night. He wasn't feeling that great, so it was kind of like they. Took it was like a some, best of. Yeah, yeah, they took a lot of the old clips and put them together. But it was really nice to do. I like their setup uh, with the video and everything, so that it works out well with the way they do their shows. Uh, On to other news. Uh, the Raccoon City virus has taken hold of the planet. Yes, the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, it's NBA is suspending MLB, NHL. College. College. You know, colleges are closing now. The public schools here in Baltimore are, are closing. Um, I mean, this weekend, I'm I'm a dance teacher. I don't know. Have I ever talked about that on here? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, quite I'm a, a bit. Oh, I'm a dance teacher, and we were taking our, our students to a dance competition this weekend, and... It's a pretty big dance competition where there's like thousands of people kind of coming in and out of, of this location and it's near DC so you have people from Washington DC, Maryland, Northern Virginia, Pennsylvania, even um, Virginia, West Virginia coming to this uh, competition and yeah, as of yesterday it was still on but they had they put in some stipulations like you can only bring one guest and if the girls didn't want to use the dressing room and just wear like regular dance clothes instead of changing into costumes that would be fine they wouldn't take off points but as of today i guess with with everything going on they decided to cancel that um and it's a bummer we're missing Devin on monday uh that's such a good because i mean literally it's like next week uh it's monday or so it's a couple of my birthday a couple of days yeah a couple of days away um, I got these tickets for my birthday. You got it for Christmas. Christmas, excuse me. So you, we've had you've had them since December. Yeah. 
So I was really looking forward it's to it. It's being this. postponed. It's not being canceled. Yeah, so. I said to hold on to tickets. But see, now we're at also the fact that we're only about two or so months away from MDF. And, man, I'd hate it for that to get canceled. Well, this also sucks for us because we have friends coming in from the Netherlands. And right now there's a travel ban. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if the ban will be lifted by the time. I mean, this is killing us right now. Like, our friends are coming to visit us. We don't know. They if, all got their tickets already. So it's Yeah, they got like... their, they've got their flights. They've got uh, their tickets for MDF. And, you know... Next, they're saying, you know, that's why they're got kind of being aggressive right now, so that when next month rolls around, um, it we the the biggest thing right now they're trying to to prevent is what happened in Italy, which is they didn't stop like social gatherings, and because this is so easily spread, yes, even though you're young, you're, you're not going to get as sick, or you may feel like you have a cold, or you may have no symptoms at all, but when you get this exponential, like, amount of people getting sick, they just don't have the capacity to treat these people, and they run out of supplies, and then people, other people are sick for other reasons, you know, diabetes, heart attacks, etc., cancer, they're not getting the kind of care, so then it just, it just, what we're trying to do, from what I understand, is they're trying to really do social distancing because it'll keep people like my work's even talking about for maybe two weeks to a month shutting down so that we can uh only essential personnel going in and people who have traveled will have to have a 14 day you know mandatory quarantine from before coming into the depot the idea again is if you do happen you know, you're not going to be around as many people as much, so it'll lessen the chance instead of everybody getting sick at once. And it's kind of a panic right now in Italy. And um, hopefully, because, you know, Maryland doesn't have that many cases, but hopefully because the governor is really trying to get this handled, maybe by May, we'll have our... Maryland Death Except Fest. for us Amazon drivers, we're all like still. I know to work. that's what sucks with you. Like that's mm -hmm. why I'm like use that hand sanitizer every time you get in and out of that, that vehicle. Hand sanitizer. Damn sanitizing the steering Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, for me, I when I'm not out on the ship, I'm working in an office in a, in a, in a warehouse. So what I'll do, like every time. I have plenty of opportunities to go and wash my hands, but you don't. You don't have running water in your vehicle, so you have to, like, sanitize. I mean, what are some other things that they've been saying um, that well, they're the, closing down? Well, it's not so much that. The, the funny thing about this virus is it's really just another strain of the flu virus. But the problem is, like, for a lot of us in the middle areas, like, you know, young adults to middle age, whatever... We're pretty healthy and strong enough to handle it on a, on its own level, but the problem is there are some side secondary effects like the lungs, mm -hmm. and of course it affects the very young and the very old. So I'm even if people you, with asthma, even or... if you're somebody who's like very healthy and all that, and you're getting sick, you have to be conscious of the people around you because that's where it could be even a devastating more effect there. So and they're even saying that. It's airborne, like it can stay in the air for about three hours. So even just sanitizing everything and wiping down the, your surfaces, if somebody who was sick was there recently and you just happen to be the unlucky one who walks by, 
So that that's really I know it's it's starting to create panic and and you know. See, people... the funny thing is, I'm not even all that panicky about it. Like it's surprising, but at the same time, like. You understand the purpose, though, but you're not panicking. You know that. No, that's not. That's not what I'm getting. I'm just. I'm. I'm I don't know. I'm. I'm so pessimistic about humanity, but we're basically reaping what we sow here. We've toyed around for many years, uh, pretending we can beat all this shit. We, we're so smart. We've we've outlasted SARS and all this other stuff. And but you know, eventually this shit catches up to you. And this is what's happening. Like. Italy's finding out, oh, yeah, well, we've had this before, we can handle this, and now they can't fucking handle it. We're having to sell ventilators to them, you know, so... Yeah, they actually got a shipment um, from China of doctors <laughs> and medical supplies that came from China, because China is now on the... They've hit their peak, and now they're on the downturn. So they're trying to help Italy manage it the way that... And, and I was just looking this up. Uh, kind of for people in the states, like a nice comparison. Italy is about the same size as the state of California, and I think they're up to what thirteen or fourteen thousand um, cases. And it, right now, California for us doesn't even have anything close to that, and they're, we're still underprepared. We're also hearing that people who we've claimed died from the flu, they're you know in autopsy examining them, and it's coming up that it was indeed the coronavirus that that killed them because we're not testing enough people. We are only testing people who have had recent travel or been around somebody, and they're really I mean they say the sick when is the 16th in a couple of days. They're saying that's when everything should be ready and anybody who wants to get tested should be able to be tested, like, at any doctor's office or whatever. Yeah, it's it's like nature just fighting back here, and it's like, you know, it, it's basically weeding out the weak, but, you know, all of us as human beings, we have friends, family, loved ones we care about. I mean, Skyline Eason, who does the promotions for us, uh, she has an immune issue. Mm -hmm. So so does my bestest friend in the world. She has Crohn's disease. Yeah, so, so like, if anything would us, happen to her, right? It, it's it's nasty if it gets a hold of the wrong people, and that's why that's the idea. Is this whole so they're they're forcing social distancing. They're not saying you can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to get medicine. You can't, but because they don't want to have large gatherings over a certain number. It forces people, like, yes, I, I just went to the store today on the way home, but there was maybe five people in the store, so it the just by chance and, and statistics, there's a less of a chance of us giving it to each other if we have it. Also, I was in Hong Kong and Taiwan right when this shit all kind of broke out. There's a possibility... Patient zero. I, I could be patient zero and didn't even know it. <laughs> like... Because they say everybody's symptoms are different. I could have been in contact with it months ago when it was all first happening. And then I came back and who knows? I, I've been around so many people. I've been at work. I've been... We've been to concerts, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, this shit can, like, get a little more lighthearted. Get a little... Starts to morph, uh, morph into, like, the zombie outbreak. We can change the uh, blue bomber into the zombie response vehicle. You want to? <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's really funny because it made me think of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And I know that's not funny. This is not something because people are dying and it, people are getting really, really sick. It's like like having, you get pneumonia from it, basically. But in Shaun of the Dead, like, 
Simon Pegg is like, we're just going to go to the pub and wait for this all to blow over. And that's like how so many people have been reacting. Yeah. Oh, we're just going to wait. on beer. Just sit here and we're going to provide you all with the soundtrack to the apocalypse. And uh... that's what the soundtrack to the apocalypse. But that that's kind of what I was thinking of it. And but then now it's like, ooh, you know, when you've got people who have been in contact with the president and the president's staff and you've got people even the prime minister <laughs> of canada too is, is on a self- side note because i know we don't like talking politics if the, if the fucking president got the virus do you know how fucking happy the left would be right about now well, it's just really funny because he was the one for weeks acting like it's not our problem and i think it, uh, would, it would be like i think he's getting such a bad rap like there's nothing he can really say or do to really you know he's trying to keep the people calm uh, people are already flipping out, even without him saying anything. So I, I, I see so many people like, you know, Trump's an idiot. Let's let's get up that out of the way. But it isn't like he's got the answers to everything. And it's not his fault that this shit's breaking all over. I'm across not. The globe. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm but just there are saying... other people are. They're all like trying to pin this, like you know, like oh, he's just his his writing of his uh, speeches are terrible. He doesn't know what he's saying. Like, dude. That's he doesn't the even least... write his own speeches. Well, but that's the least of the problem. Like, if that's what you're most worried about compared to what's actually going on out there, then there's a problem with you. We also have to really think about the economic effects of all of this oh, yeah, over the world. Shutting down. If you if you're like, I know Norway has yeah. closed down everything. Yeah. I know Spain has closed down a lot of things. Italy has closed down a lot of things. So you're sitting here thinking. Oh, look, I, I own a, a small cafe, and I have to close down. I, I can't pay my employees. I can't make any money. What am I going to do until... And that's the thing. Like Even if Amazon just decide all of a sudden, well, we got to stop all the delivery making and all the other stuff, Like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to pay my salary for a month? Uh, what's gonna happen? Do you get yeah? Do you get some kind of like disaster relief? You know, because that's something that the government needs to work on. Because if everyone has to start shutting down and staying like away from each other as much as possible, then that's something you have to consider. Because at the same time, you gotta be able to live. What do you do about shopping for food? Uh, all the other stuff that comes with it. So well, right now, a lot of cl- a lot of colleges they're giving them an extended spring break and then um, virtual classrooms until oh, uh, but see that that's but, easy shit no, that's like so easy uh, yeah that's with. great but they're not allowed to be on campus and now they don't have to be yes but you're not letting me finish calm down a lot of people are getting angry because college is expensive number one and a lot of these students who live on campus they don't always live like near campus either so they're having to spend extra money to fly home or maybe they don't maybe they live in another country and they have no way to especially like around here hopkins or harvard yale etc well, they can't leave the country so soon. that's they, where, where are they going to go and then on top of that people are you know you pay to live on campus so if you're being forced out of your your quote-unquote home for x amount of days how are you going to recoup that even though you can't go back to campus it, it's there's just a lot going uh, on to me that's the least of my fucking but that's a, a lot of people have a lot of the, the stock market is tanking you know people i'm talking like the everyday person that's like that's a, a, an everyday and... an everyday person an adult a parent is taking care of college kids <laughs> they are there's more i mean 
I don't care about your education. <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> All right. Enough of that shit. Um, let's get into it. We're going to have some good music today. Of course, as always. Got some new stuff from Dark Fortress, Borgne, Church of Disgust, some Scarab. I'm so excited to play you some of that. Uh, Wombath, Tombs, and My Dying Bride, a little layer, as well as some great classic material coming your way. Kicking it off with uh, Ritual Necromancy to raise the writhing shadows.
Hello, we are called Raven and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Uh, before that, it's Napalm Death. My favorite is song. On the brink of I think that is my favorite Napalm Death song. I, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me there's to watch. There's just so many. It, well, there's so many, to, and there's so many favorites of mine of Napalm Death. But it's hard for me to watch that video because they seals. club seals. <laughs> you know how I feel about baby seals. They're clubbing with the seals. Oh God, that is something that just breaks my heart. And seals are so fucking cute. So you brought to my attention earlier in the week about why Samuel L. Jackson is in a lot of the Marvel movies. So you expand on that because we never really discussed it. So I'll let you explain why oh, you want yeah. to talk about it. And... We talk about Marvel all the time. We love, you know, we. I grew up, I am the biggest nerd. I, I constantly say, like, I have no idea how... I got my eye on you. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how I've became married like how men were even interested in me even a little bit because i'm a big nerd but so see guys like shit like that but That's... not that but you gotta think like not back when i was in high school and stuff but anyway like so i you know i love comic books and i was actually just reading an article it's an older article in time that um apparently and again, I have not kept up in my adulthood with all of the comic book, uh, like, story arcs, but apparently, um, they had written a, um, a Nick Fury character that looked just like Samuel L. Jackson. I'm trying to find the picture, but I can't. And, um, the idea was, like, it, it looked so much like him that they had to have him that he well no he saw it and it was like it was samuel l jackson it was like oh so he saw it he saw it no he saw it and he was approaching um marvel so when uh the artist used his likeness without his permission he had approached marvel like maybe not as a lawsuit but like mediating oh, with them saying like hey you can't use my likeness without my permission and so this was back in 2001 when they were putting all this together oh, wow. and said basically he said he discovered that his likeness was being used and nearly took legal action but marvel offered him to cast him as nick fury so after they kind of used his likeness as Nick Fury in this different story arc, and he saw that, they offered that to him, and because Jackson, like, clearly he loves shit like that, he was like, okay, I'll take the deal, and then it turned into this giant, you know, monster that Marvel has become, and it was just a gamble that Marvel and Samuel L. Jackson took together, and it's paid watched, off. I've watched a documentary on Marvel not too long ago, and it explains how these guys all thought about it, like, beforehand. This is why DC has dropped the ball so hard on it, because, you know, they tried to emulate what Marvel was doing, but can't do it, because, one, they can't keep 
all the same actors and actresses involved. Like, I, I think, you know, you think of, like, Harry Potter and they, how they did it, but, you know, obviously uh, Harris passed away, mm-hmm. Richard Harris, so they had to make a change there, which they did fine. They got Gambina, Gambini or whatever his name is. Uh, but Marvel, they, they had a set plan, and they had all their actors in Yeah, line. they have, like, different phase, phase one, phase two, and there's more phases coming, and, you know, we're... I forgot what phase we're on right now, but... You know, they even, this is the other thing with with Sony now, because Sony owns the Spider-Man likeness, but Marvel has Spider-Man on loan. Right. And they're working, again, because they want to keep that, they want to keep these stories going, they want to, you know, there's lots of different Spider-Man stories. And that shows you a, a company or, you know what do you want to call them, a production company that cares about what's happening with their franchise. Like, they could have easily just let Spider-Man walk. Mm-hmm. And they chose not to because they knew they had a young star and the kid that plays Spider-Man. He did so well in the uh, Civil War and then, of course, the Spider-Man movies and whatnot, So and Avengers and whatnot. So they care enough about the universe as it is to say, okay, look, we know... This is your baby, but, you know, you got it loaned to us. We're going to do this, and we'll pay you this to have this remain with us. And they've got it worked out. Uh, DC is just kind of, like, all over the map. They're just trying to... Trying to They're trying to find something that sticks right. and nothing is sticking. Even it. now with, like, And the sad Birds thing is, Prey, like, which... with me growing up again as a nerd, I loved... And this is probably why I like the Dark Knight series, because there was a Dark Knight... Uh, Cartoon. That's probably their best thing, and they should have just expanded on all they're that. So, well, that's what they're trying to do with Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad, because all of those characters... But they're not as well put together. But they're, they are in the Dark Knight, like, series. Right. And that they're trying really, really hard. And But they should have thought about that when they did Batman in 2006. Batman Begins, they should have thought about, like... But they didn't. I know. And that was the, that was the problem. You're right. I mean, it's... It's nice to see how Marvel... I mean, I know not every single one of the Marvel movies was, like, a winner. But they, they're they still making billions of dollars, right? And uh, they've got the merchandise, and they've got the audience, and, you know, you got Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, if I recall, because, see, I'm not sure... If- I think they're going to do a movie about Fury. I'm not sure. I saw on Disney Plus that they're going to do Loki, which I'm really happy about. They're going to have a movie for him. Uh, obviously, Black Widow came out. That's that one. And then um, they have one for Scarlet Witch and Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so they got a lot of different things in the works, which is really great. Some of it's going to be movies and some of it's just gonna be series like the falcon and uh winter soldier so you're yeah you're you're waiting for the winter soldier and you're waiting for the um for the hawkeye yeah that's also one of the mm-hmm. so there's a lot of cool stuff in the works and like like i you know harley quinn is a great character and margot Robbie has done a fantastic job and i haven't seen birds of prey but Again, like, the criticisms, I, I can't really rely on them because Captain Marvel was not as bad as I thought it was going to be uh, in terms of all the, like, 
hokiness outside of it, you know. Uh, same with Black Panther, I really like that one too. So, Chances Are Birds of Prey is really good. Uh, it's gotten pretty good scores on Rotten Tomatoes, but again, like, there's just all this outside, you know, nonsense about the feminism and everything else and how it's just... Why is that you know, nonsense? The strong women. I, well, it, it's always the whole thing about are they trying to force a square peg in a round hole? Like, you know, it's not coming fluently or naturally. It's like, oh, well, we gotta have all these strong women who care. We can't have, like, apparently Roby didn't want the Joker involved at all with Birds of Prey, and that, that's fine, but at the same time, thinking to myself, well, what's the problem if he is? Just find the right guy to do it. Uh, you know, not many people were sold on Leto. I didn't think it was near as bad as everyone made him be, but he was just a different version. He wasn't the best version, but... He's probably the worst version. Probably. Probably, but... But you have to work with what you're given. I mean, that's probably well, what they, the direction they gave him. Too. That, he didn't well, have a great script. He didn't have a great storyline. Well, yeah, the yeah. whole thing was a mess. So, like, you know, Harley really kind of saved Suicide Squad to begin with. So, eventually she was going to get her own shit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just put, with everything, like Batman and Superman, that could have been much better. I mean, Wonder Woman was really the best thing about that movie. And I still haven't even seen Wonder Woman. It's, it's a good movie. It's one of the highlights for DC. I like What's-Her-Face, too. Gail Godot. yeah. Yeah, she's really good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think Fury might be getting his own film. I just can't remember. I don't remember seeing anything about it. So. Well, they kind of, like, in Captain Marvel, because I, I kind of watched it the last time I was away. It was on the, the server, and I watched some of it, and then I fell asleep because what I do. Um, I'm going to watch it again, because I actually... I didn't watch it. We didn't go to the theater because we were hearing so many people complain about the movie. And then when I watched it, I'm like, this is... Not this was, is this is not a bad movie. It's it was, actually good. It was, like it was tame in terms of all the complaints. Yeah, everybody's complaining about all this nonsense, and I'm like, this is I mean, a good fact, story. It's because Brie and, Larson is so controversial off film that like I guess it just rubbed people the wrong way, and they wanted to hate it. But I didn't think she was a terrible actress in the movie at all. Like I mean, she she did a good job. And well, even in um, what was the final Avengers film like when? <laughs> Thor. He's like, I like her. <laughs> <laughs> What's different ex about her except for your haircut or whatever? What right. Well, that was only complaint with the Final Wars or whatever it was. Uh, the Final Avengers film. I was like, they had to have that whole girl scene. I'm like, oh, come on. You don't have to do that. Let them have their girl scene. But, I mean, they're all involved anyway. Like, I, you can just show them kicking ass. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be like, okay, girls, we got this all handled. I'm like, oh, come on. But anyway, Fury is a big part of um, Captain Marvel, and I think from that, seeing that movie, you can see, like, because there's a little bit of a Fury origin yeah, in, and talked about and, that. in that movie, so then you can probably spin off of that and do another branch and get more Fury, like, in it. Yeah. So that that's why, like, that was really funny, um... I forgot which one it was. Ugh, there's so many Marvel movies where he's paging her at the end of the movie. That was uh, that was but when Thanos the did the one, yeah, yeah did the snap. He got out his the fucking pager and you and that's why like it was so cool like you're seeing the Captain Marvel is like back in the like what late 80s early 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need you. We need you. Nine one one. 
<laughs> All right. Back into the music. Next block, we got a lot of new stuff. The rock block. Continuous no, no, song. no, wait, not the rock block yet. Sorry. No, no. Keep getting excited. The black metal, keeping that continued. New Dark Fortress, new Lorgne, and new Dead Space. Dark Fortress in deepest time. Here we go.
DJ Nibis. DJ Neko. Dicks like every five seconds, like Mr. Grant. <laughs> that was cracking me up. I was like, is he doing like his favorite dick episodes or something? Because it was all about like blowjobs and 69 porn. and porn, which is not a problem, believe me. I have no problem with any of that. It was just, I guess, the stuff that he picked was all <laughs> just up. watching Scully's face, though. <laughs> that was the funniest shit ever. She's like, like oh, God, here we go again. It was just like, my favorite But then, like Layla, like, Layla, every time she was there, she would just get into it with Chris, and they'd start talking about dicks and shit. It was fucking hilarious. Dicks and shit? She's a bad influence. Snacks. Snacks. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, I need to get her and some of the other snipers, snipers in here for an interview at some point. I gotta I, I try to get Mike on to do the phone thing, but that just never transpired or worked out. It's hard. We all have, we all work, we all have our, our families, things. everything else, and then hoping to get Mikhail in here at some point, and even, like I said, I, I'm hoping maybe to get Chris and Kelly in here as well at some point uh, from Middle of Mania, so. It was really, I was really bummed, because I was away when you uh, interviewed Dude. Nomas, and you said it was like fucking insanity here, and I'm like, oh. Dude, those guys are a fucking trip. We had them in here when they were uh, with, uh, was it, was it, uh, it wasn't all of them, but it was when John was with uh, Dead Dead and Wasted. Yeah. Summer's in. That was pretty fun, too. That was a while ago, though. That was like, what, seven years ago, maybe? More than that, probably. Probably. It was was right when I was destroying the basement to, to put the. Because he was in here when it was the Dead End Kids, too. So there was a couple of them from that band as well. So, But, uh, yeah, so, you know, things as far as, like, you know, like I said, Mikhail, I want to try to get, you know, some of these other local acts, some of their guys in here to interview them. We're having a lot of fun doing that. We did uh, Blake and Travis from Big Destroy not too long ago. So. I think you're really enjoying showing off your basement now that I let you turn it into CBGBs. Yeah, like I don't care about the interviews. I just want them to see what my basement looks like. I, I was trying to make it, I was trying to make it all like fancy metal chic, and then I'm like, you know what? <sighs> Fuck this noise. Just do whatever you want. And I'm like, yes. I started. Well, we had a. It's like your typical basement. It's paneling but then somebody who lived here before us blah 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 but then i was trying to make it look fancy and then i'm like you know he started like putting up posters and now it's like he's super excited so but back to the matter at hand yeah well we'll, we'll cut to the chase on one of them uh the ipod like <laughs> it, it, it crapped out on me again but I think it's because I left it running. But either way, once it dies out, I lose all my stuff and I have to reload everything. So I'm not even bothering at this point. I'm just going to stick with the phone. I think he's going to, we're going to have like a little burial because we've, this is an iPod classic. You know, not even like a video iPod, not an iPod touch. Kind of a fucking glass case and just send it, send it, it away on its, I mean, it's been good to you. Yeah. I. I've had it since well before 2008. I so. mean, I think we got it like right when we moved in this house. So maybe 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the one thing that I know you liked about it so much was it was 80 gigabytes and everything that we were finding, it was hard to find. So it would be like, oh, here's 16 gigabytes. And oh, that's great, wonderful. But then um, 
now it's hard to find just a music player more like it's just like iPods and music players are non-existent because everybody streams everything on their phone and you know everything's Bluetooth so it's Bluetooth in your car and even in your car you can if you have the little thing uh what do you call it like my dad has it's like internet in your car your car itself is a hotspot so like he can stream Spotify or whatever he wants in his car yeah a lot of people do that but me I'm just so picky about what I want to hear so like I'm always just putting my own music up like there because sometimes when you do Spotify or Pandora you can't find the stuff you're looking for no it gives you suggestions and you'll get like one oh I want to listen to uh but I'm like I don't want to listen to that I want to <laughs> listen to this <laughs> Well, the one thing that's kind of cool about your car, and we're going to we're gonna test this because I know you have um, a USB stick around here somewhere. Uh, um, I want you to put, like, a group of songs on a USB stick, and then we can, um, and then we can see if it'll, if it'll play, because then you won't need to worry about getting an, an iPod, because you've got, like, a USB port in there, you've got Bluetooth, you've got the aux cable, you, I mean... It's your car, I think, is the perfect storm of like accessories because it came out in 2000. Your car was built in 2016, so people still had the headphone jacks, people still had the aux cables, but then they added in the Bluetooth, they added in the USB port, they added in a bunch of stuff. So then, when it recognizes media that's plugged in, it sucks it up into that cool screen that you have. And I'm wondering if instead of an iPod if you purchase yourself like a high capacity USB stick and you plug it into the USB port if you'd be able I mean that's even smaller it's even easier to to put things on instead of using iTunes and all of that if it'll work in your car and you'll be able to have if you get one of the one terabyte ones you can put pretty much everything on there yeah so we'll have to we'll we I know you have where's that pink one that it's oh, mine because it's, it's pink. Um, that <laughs> that if you tried that and you just I would put like twenty or thirty songs on and see what it does. That would be pretty wild. I mean, technology nowadays. Right now, Anubis has two computers running. Each have their own Bluetooth speaker set that go with it. I have my little Chromebook. Of course, we have our phones. He has a phone that was his old phone that when I purchased those, I bought the highest, what was it, 250 gigabytes or something? 128, I think. Whatever it was, it was the highest capacity gigabytes that came in the phone. So he's like, oh, I can use that like as a secondary iPod. All we do now is surround ourselves by more and more technology. The only thing we don't have are watches and the only reason i haven't gotten one for myself is just because and for you is like the physicality of our jobs i'm just afraid like i don't want to waste well i wouldn't wear much but you know what i mean like i don't want to waste 200 300 on a watch and then i bang it up in the warehouse or i lose it or something while i'm working but we it's like every and i i have a kindle i mean technically the phone is better for me even with the job like i use that with the vans that i drive because they're bluetooth enabled so i just so ipod i don't have to worry about adding extra charger cords or anything I just oh that would be great like too with the with the usb it would just be like in that little console you plug it in and boom it's done mm-hmm. but like what we're what we're getting at is all technology. we do technology all we do is look at screens. 
we have three screens in front of us right now. I have my Chromebook. Anubis has his uh, his screen that is for recording, and then he has his other screen, which is where we have like notes and articles, etc. Or like we're pulling up information about the bands. What is the cost of looking at all of these screens? And it's kind of like a divided thing because apparently if you look at like the effect of blue light, it says, and I, I looked at this from a Harvard, you know, scientist journal. They said blue light itself is not harmful to your eyes. However, the amount of time that puts strain on your eyes can be harmful and I guess this falls back on you know you and I when we went to the eye doctor especially for me when the eye doctor's like you must wear your glasses all the time or it's just gonna get worse and worse for you as you get older is that it's my opinion too and I'm gonna say yes it is because we're always looking at screens um, I'm always looking at small things when I work, small screws, small pieces of fiber, looking at a screen, going back to work, looking at it, because that's what I do. We have our computer set up, then we're looking at something smaller. Our Everything is getting digital now. Our x-rays are getting digital. Our um, We have little tiny screens when we're doing fusion. Like Everything is a screen. And I thoroughly believe like looking at screens and getting eye fatigue is damaging to your eyes. Well, it has its impact, and, you know, as I'm reading along, it, it, you know, you could say that it creates some of the other issues that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, eye discomfort, dry and itchy eyes, that's one thing I face a lot uh, for various reasons, um, not it, just with screens, but because I do spend a lot of time. But even in your job, you're headaches. looking at screens. You have that small phone to do deliveries. Yeah. All day you're looking at a screen. Right. And the road. <laughs> and the road. As much as I can, but you know, I, I just noticed that, like, you know, we'll, like, well, even when we're not doing this, this is all like kind of work related to our show. But you know, we go from here and then we go watch TV, which is another screen, right? And then I want to, I love reading articles, so so you'll spend time I'll on your just phone. Be, I'll be on my phone or on my, my little Chromebook and I'm just reading articles, reading articles. So I love articles, I love opinion pieces, etc. And it's like. You, too, you have a couple of games you like to play on your phone. So they say it strains your eyes, which, yes, I agree. They say that um, too much blue light, especially right before bed, can can disrupt your sleep patterns. So, you know, we're all looking at everything all day, every day. And if you're... Well, plus, it, it you know, I'm reading another... They're giving, like, different bullet points to what can happen and... We kind of say this with kids and video games and, you know, not outside playing and all this. Like for us as adults, to be in front of the TV or computer screens all the time, it makes us less productive and creative in our own life. So, and it got me thinking, in some ways, yeah, because you and I redid the living room and... But I got it, those ideas off of Pinterest, which is on my phone. Right, but... The time that we were doing it, we weren't watching TV. We were listening to we music. We were listening to records. We were bopping around. At the end of the day, we felt creative. We felt proud of what we did. So I kind of see what it says. And, and of course, the other part of that is like, um, like I still need to get back in the gym 
so am I spending, you know, should I spend less time playing a little bit of WoW and going to the gym or? Right now, don't go to the gym. Right. Like, <laughs> and, that, like and that's the worst thing. Like, even like you want to go to the gym, but it's like. Right. I don't, I, it. This is just not a good time. The machines are dirty. Nobody, I mean, people will wipe it down, but it's like not a real wipe down. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You don't want to go in there. But they're also saying too, like distance, like this is right now, you've got a good uh, two feet easily between you and both of your screens. Same with me. My eye doctor said the same thing, but he also said positioning. Like we put our even books, not just screens, but books, papers, magazines, we tend to hold them directly in front of our nose. And that's not a good way to like read. You want to kind of put it at a, at a lower angle, like almost a 45 degree angle. They started making these things um, like lap pillows for your tablets. And they're great for anybody, but like really, you know how kids start playing they're great for kids. You pop it, plop it on their pillow and they can just, instead of them holding the tablet like two inches from their nose. I mean, technology is not going to go away anytime soon. So what we should do is just be smart about it. Use it like right now we are being creative. Use it to read articles, use it to have fun and make a fun podcast. Use it to get ideas to decorate the house. You, you, Clearly, technology. You obviously, one of the drawbacks that I have with because of my hobby, and I have two hobbies. One of them I don't do a lot of. The other one I do a lot of. One of the one I do a lot of is listening to music. I get on my computer, go through the records, and start checking out what you know songs I like from whatever album, and decide if they're going to make the podcast list for. Like I'm already, I already got some songs for the next episode. I know. I was looking at that. So. I'm constantly doing this week by week, so I spend a lot of time there. And then my other hobby is playing video games, which I don't do as much of. But you know, right now, when I do have the extra time, I do play it. So, and especially when I'm not home, it, it entertains you a little bit. <laughs> but they have some uh, rules about how to break some of this. It says every 20 minutes or so, take 20 seconds to look at something that's 20 feet away. So it's like if you're on the couch, you're reading your phone, just stop. Look at the wall, look at the TV, look at blink. the wall, whatever. Yeah. Blink, blink, uh, blink, blink. Aim to be bored at least twice a week, so I'm assuming that by this they mean... Like kids. Right. Well, adults get too, out, Get but... out and do something. Visit your parents. Uh, go and talk. Go out to a, a restaurant with your friends. You I know. mean, that's not boring, but they're they're trying to get you to break away from, right. like... Or just get, in, get up and walk. Take more breaks. Yeah. And reflect on how much you actually accomplish when you use your phone, tablet, and computer. So, if you feel like you're not getting anything done, you're spending way too much time on it. <laughs> Luckily for me, I do take breaks because my ass starts to hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> I try to do it work for me um, because there are days where I am on the computer a lot. And then there are days when I'm not. But if I'm doing like a lot of computer work... I'll get up and like walk around the building and it's a big building. So it gives you enough time to get up, maybe go get a drink of water, go walk around the building and stretch your legs and then come back. And sometimes it kind of like recharges you almost. I don't know. It's, it's something that as people, not just as children, 
or parents or students. It's something that every person nowadays, even my dad who did not have a smartphone until maybe three years ago, everybody is, you know, using more screen time. So if you want to make sure that you're not hurting your eyes anymore, if you don't want to get lazy, just think about like good ideas. Again, we made some productivity with uh, with re remodeling the living room and we but we get those ideas off of, you know, Pinterest, other websites. Well, yeah, they're not necessarily saying the internet or watching screens or TV is bad for you overall. Just that you have to... Take account for what you're doing. Take it in uh, consideration of how much of it you're doing. Um, that's really what it basically is. So. And this boils down to our conversation. Um, I don't know, we were in Target maybe or Walmart. And I said, remember toy stores? Like, I feel like kids now, they get a tablet when they're maybe nine and they're the toys just drop off that's what the toy is now the toy is the computer the tablet the phone you know we're old so when we were younger there were hundreds of toy stores and toys bled into your teens you know nerf games footballs wiffle ball like all that stuff was and was sold at toy stores and it's just kind of not around anymore all right well, we got some more new music coming your way in this next block. Uh, in 2015, this band from Egypt called Scarab came out with Serpents of the Nile, which was one of my favorite records that year. Oh, I like that they're Scarab the Nile. Yeah. Oh, so smart. So they have a new and record. And they're from Egypt. Yeah, they have a new record called Myers of the Storm uh, coming out very soon. And I have a track from the title track in this block. Also got some new Xenobiotic, but... Uh, Neko, why don't you tell them what we're going to hear first? Next, Church of Disgust Consumed by Slow Putrefication. Yeah, new stuff. Here we go.
from mind wars. Turn it up and remember all right, so brand new scare there, Martyrs of the Storm. Totally dug it. Totally dug it. Dug it. I dug it. I dug it, Moon Doggy. Moon Doggy. Isn't that what they used to say in the sixties? I think so. <laughs> the sixties, like you know, the surfer thing. Yeah. All right, well, it's about that time for the rock block. Rock block. Neko's been pushing it since like, I know, for like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do the rock. Let's do the rock. Yay. So I uh, got some new stuff for you, obviously, and a uh, couple of uh, classic tracks in there, but we also have Neko's pick of the week. Uh, switched it up originally from what we originally planned, but I kind of like the direction I went with this week. So Because it brought a lot of discussion. You know, that's how a lot of things happen between Anubis and I. Um, I, it, it kind of ties into last week. And when we were listening to some other things, he said, that sounds like this. And mm. then I'm like, oh my God, I love this. And this is kind of how it all. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it snowballs. But I always encourage people because it's not like I've never heard of the, this band that I'm picking as my pick of the week, but I always encourage people to uh, give more than one song that you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you hear the song playing on the radio nonstop. Pick another song because this is... Uh, excuse me. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christo. Um, this, is, this is not rock or metal. I don't even know what you call this goofy young child. Billie Eilish. Um... I'm not into her. I'm not into her music mainly because I I feel like everything that she does is forced. Like I feel like her producers are forcing her. She actually has a very good. But voice. Wait, wait, that, I actually the, time out, time out. You did, let me let me stop. Just let me finish my sentence. Yikes! So that's uh, this is where I'm going. Everything that she puts out, I'm like this is like she's trying too hard. Her producers are forcing her there, but then. She sang something live not too long ago, and I'm like, this is a girl who has a powerful voice, and if she would just, like, break away from all this overproduction and these people who are trying to make her eat spiders or whatever. See, I don't think that's really them. I think that's what she wants. Like, she's trying... She's trying she, to... She wants to be different than everybody else and as a pop artist. Like, it's sort of like Gaga. Gaga. Gaga was doing some crazy shit when she came out. And I think, you know, with all her looks and whatnot. The meat dress, yeah. I mean, even though Billie Eilish isn't doing anything new, like Cooper, Wasp, Manson, they've all done this kind of crap before. Uh, but, you know, for her... She's like, got a the, powerful voice, and it was actually, a live yeah. recording. And I'm like, she, I, I don't know if it was the Grammys or whatever she was singing for. She was just singing a song. It was not like her out there doing something weird. And I'm like, this is raw, and you feel her emotion. So even though Billie Eilish is not my cup, cup of, of tea, tea, right? When I saw that, I'm like, I can totally appreciate her vocal style and that if you take anything away from music give everything a try honestly yeah well there's plenty of metal fans i've come across with on facebook and whatever they they actually like her so and it's not about not 
liking other styles of music. It, her brand of music just doesn't connect with me at all, and that's I think same with you. It's just I feel like she's trying too hard. Like she's trying so hard that it comes off almost as like a bad performance. Like, hey, look at me. I just ate a spider, and hey, look at me, I did this. Like, she's trying, but also she is very young, and that points to kind of like an immature artist. And I'm hoping, because she is only, what, 18 maybe? I'm hoping to see that growth, especially when I saw that live perf- I, I, can't, I swear to God, I can't remember what, what it was. It was some award show. When I saw that, I'm like, that voice and that performance is the performance of a seasoned artist that I want to see more of. So that goes back to my, the song that I really didn't even know existed of this band that I've decided is now my yeah, pick start, of the week. I started playing some other songs and you're like, oh yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. Because I knew one song by that band. And then when you mentioned that this other song sounded similar to this other song, and I'm like, holy crap, this is, this band is phenomenal anyway we'll talk about that in a little bit yeah so i got some stuff by dream child loudness and then some brand new tracks from black swan we sell the dead and of course brand new track kicking it all off with today is a day no good to anyone
A new day dawns on empty minds Another week for Mr. Blind A skin of grey from head to feet A cold suburbia retreat the sky A bolt of lightning hits the eye And then the shock wave fades away The light is gone The dark remains In my sleep the
of life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
Child under the wire. DJ Newest and DJ Neko back with you. So, I know it's time for my pick of the week. I just want to comment though. I really, I I really like that song. <laughs> Dream Child's awesome. That album was pretty cool. Um, came out two or three years ago, I think. But uh, as you I was never, telling you, it has yeah. a lot of the members from Dio's band and. We, we felt I, Dio. Yeah, it was we felt very the Dio vibe. Dio. So good stuff there. So as you said earlier, last week we touched on George Harrison, and we found out that uh, through all his uh, issues with like fighting with people about the sound and music he was creating. He also influenced other bands, which influenced other bands. So it's kind of funny, and I, I was trying to find the exact song, but as we were, after the show last week, we were listening to some of George Harrison's top tracks, because it. I know everybody, again, thinks of John Lennon as the best solo artist and the most influential of all the Beatles, but I guess economically and chart toppingly i don't know what the correct term for that is but george harrison was the one who had i guess the most commercial success so we were going through his songs and i was i shit you not i cannot remember the song but dj anubis said to me that sounds like sweet it sounds like fox on the run and i'm like i don't I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that I, is. I've never heard that, so we went on. He played it for me, and I'm like, it does. It does have that sound. Like, it has the, the chorus part had that, like, similar sound. And I'm like, I've never heard this song. And then we just started listening to all different Sweet songs, and then I'm like, I know this song. The only song I knew by Sweet was the Ballroom Blitz, which I think most people kind of know. Just... From Wayne's World, from it's just well, they have so many like hits and like you they're know, like time and time they're again. like cheap trick. You don't know that it's sweet. Like right. you hear the song and you just don't like cheap trick. You're like that's cheap trick. Same thing with sweet. Like oh, it's so that's funny sweet. because the very first time that I heard action was actually Black and Blues cover, and that was the early '80s. And I'm thinking, okay, this is their song. And then Def Leppard covered it in the early 90s, and I thought, oh, they're covering Black and Blue. And then one day, I think it was just a random radio, or maybe I was just online, <laughs> go with the internet there. And, the new internet. And something got mentioned, it was a sweet song, and I'm like, well, let me check it out. And sure enough, I'm like, holy fuck, I had it wrong the whole time. But we were watching that video for action, and they've got the leather jackets, and yeah. this is 71, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's like, this is like pre-metal, pre-punk, it's it really is because if you think of priest because their video during the rock and roll stage was like the mid early to mid 70s like they were still doing the whole like hippie thing mm -hmm. you know classic rock stuff before they started getting into the harder stuff so for sweet to kind of have that image that's even before punk rock and all that so it was pretty cool to yeah, see yeah that. they had the studs and everything and they were they looked so 70s with their bangs i <laughs> loved it so I picked Fox on the Run because I know I've heard this song probably a hundred times, but like my realization happened last week. I'm like, wow, I really like this song. Kind of like uh, that Cheap Trick song, If I Could Walk on Water. I have no idea. I did not know that was Cheap Trick until 
I f- Joe Dirt, probably. Right. <laughs> so, this week, my pick of the week is Sweet Fox on the Run. Here we go. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, audio jump. Let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
gives a different vibe it's people so it's kind of like it's kind of like a workout you know we start out really heavy then we get to the middle and we're kind of like just stretching and now we're energetic and now we're getting back to the heaviness i'm gonna i just thought of this i'm gonna throw this out here maybe we should um it's like the rock block is to cool down that's what i mean like we don't have to do it like for the whole show but maybe like one rock block is a 70s rock block and one rock block is an 80s rock block and one i mean we could do like a theme maybe no or just do a whole show but <laughs> i mean i have several we different have so shows. much stuff that we could do yeah like i have never gotten around to doing any of the other shows like i promised people but i really like this format it works well i'm able to get everything that i want to get in 
and it's just a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I like when I'm home and I can do it, and I've been home now for eight weeks, so we've had eight the, shows together. I know that uh, some people really dig Nocturnal Pulse, all black metal, and then, of course, the meat grinder with the death, and then, of course, I was doing a rock and a hard place when I was with uh, IAM Radio years ago, and that was just nothing but all the rock stuff, so... Always possibilities to do different shows. It's a matter of getting in this show plus maybe doing another. So we'll have to see what kind of time we have. Like if we end up not working for our month, you might get a lot of like podcasts. A lot of, a lot of home working. Well, see, they'll still send my ass out if they need to. I don't know, man. They, like if there's a ban like from going out of the country, I don't think they can let you go. Even though you're on a boat and like, but you like at my at the port and stuff, I don't know if they're gonna let you do that. And then it, what happens if it depends? Certain countries, like, um, I was actually explaining this to someone, um, especially the Asian countries, uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan, when you physically land in the airport, they have a temperature scanner. They make you fill out a whole health questionnaire, and if they feel like that you are not in good health, they will quarantine your Yeah, ass. but I'm saying the U.S. is not letting anybody leave. So, like, at this stage, like, I mean, I can't imagine once you're, even if you're a get out of here and you're on the boat, like, if you get sick or someone else gets sick, like... If it, just, it, I was gonna say, if it hits the ship, the whole ship is. Yeah, there's you're no fucked. way. There's no way of quarantining the ship. Like, you could be like, you have to stay in your room, and that's fine. But, like, we all share the same ventilation, and there's only, like, 70 of us on the ship, so... Right, it's like a death trap. Mm-hmm. Uh. That was hot. All right. So, anyway, back to the rock and roll. So, we were talking a little bit about George Harrison and them, and some of the issues they face with plagiarizing and everything else. That but... Yeah, that was last week, and then this week, um, this court ruling came out recently, um... Led Zeppelin did not plagiarize their riff for Stairway to Heaven. Now, apparently, um, this has been clearly, Stairway to Heaven came out in, what, 71? Um, Spirit and Led Zeppelin, um, Spirit is the band that they're claiming that Led Zeppelin plagiarized the, the riff at the beginning. Do, 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 do. Yeah, and I can kind of hear, like, some of the chords and whatnot, but, like, it's not a direct copy, and like it, it, it's always a fine line. Like, was the band influenced by it? I mean, I'm reading stuff that says the band never toured together. Um, I think you had something that said they did or something at one point. But they had crossed paths many times. So look, I mean, it's bands, especially now, even more so because of the internet and everything else. It's easier for bands to be influenced by other types of music. And sometimes you get things clearly. Artists will get things stuck in their head, like, just like what George Harrison said. It was unintentional. He started writing, and I guess... Yeah, just kind of... It kind of came out, and it was a different style of music. Clearly, it was very hippie 70s. And I think the reason why it didn't work with Vanilla Ice is because he was using, like... The problem with, like, rap and hip-hop is that... Nine times out of ten, the music they use is all sampling. So, and that is why I love the Wu Tang Clan so much. So, you know, for Vanilla Ice, you know, he tried to play it off like, well, it's not really this. It's this, not this. exact. It's like dun 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 dun. Right, but 
really reality is it was a, a direct copy and it was he was basically taking it off the queen so the, the whole idea is when it comes to the actual like i, I don't know recently um was right robin the guy did blurred lines mm -hmm. they were being sued for by marvin, marvin gay right and, and, and but they won too. yeah marvin gay won the 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 family of marvin gay won and at first, because Blurred, I have mixed feelings about this, because Blurred Lines sounds a lot different when you listen to it separately from Got, Got to Get It, I think that's the song Got by, Mar like by Marvin Gaye. So if you listen to them both separately, they're different. Like, you can hear, like, different little, you know nuances and and it it sounds different but then somebody overlaid them one time and it sounded like the exact same song and i'm like i can understand how they feel yeah it, it, like i love the, uh gotta give by myron gay that's actually one of the few tunes i like from him and i like blurred lines so to me both sound different but uh when you kind of listen to it in your head and play it back you can kind of see where it sounds similar and the, the type of groove and rhythm that comes with it so when i listen to the song by uh who's the band spirit spirit you know i heard some of what they're talking about in terms of like especially because they like you Everybody knows Stairway to Heaven, and it starts off very ethereal and very, it's an acoustic, you know, entrance, and, you know, that's how Taurus by Spirit kind of starts, too. And, again, it's not exactly the same, but it is definitely inspired. So, this is one of the things where you're like, you kind of get into... A slippery slope there are only so many notes on the musical scale there are only so many things you can do so if you take something or if you take a lyric or if you take a small portion of a song are you plagiarizing or are you just taking that and adding to your own song because this the spirit song does not get like amped up like the spirit song's only two minutes and thirty seconds. Right. Stairway to Heaven is twenty seven minutes it's long. It's basically just a melodic part of and it. And that's that's what I'm wondering. Like they they took maybe a little influence from that and built on to like I mean, you know how I feel about Led Zeppelin. Like I list I listen to Led Zeppelin too all the time. Non stop sometimes and it's almost like Oh, is it? Oh, it's just, I have, yes, it's influenced, and yes, you can hear it, that, but... That's a different, I think that's what the judge was saying. But like, it's a different song. Like, right. Stairway to Heaven turns into a whole different song. Yeah, it, it's not like... It's not like... Blurred Lines, where you overlay It's the whole it. song. Right, right. Or, like, George Harrison, where he's taking, like, the same, like... Da 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 da. Right. Da 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 da. So you, yes, maybe they took their their intro and it was inspired by that song, but then they turned it into their own little symphony, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But again, 
judge rules in uh, Led Zeppelin's favor, and I'm always in favor of Led Zeppelin, so... Yeah, it never stops people complaining about Zeppelin and how they ripped off everybody else, but it's kind of funny just how that works out. All right, so in the next block of music, we got some brand new Wombath that's coming up later. Ooh, Wombath. Back in 2018, a gentleman named Lars Moljord from Denmark released an album called A Cascade of Virtualities. Uh, Black and Death Metal, that, that fucking was one of my favorite records of the year. I didn't realize it was just a single guy that did that record. I have a habit of falling in love with records that are one-man projects, which is fine by me. But, but that's the thing. How, like, to me, because I am completely musically talentless, they can write lyrics, they can provide the music, they've got the guitars, the drums, everything going on, and me, I'm like, oh, I can sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, maybe, but, like, when you have somebody who's that talented who can can just, like, conceptualize an entire album in their head and do that, it's amazing yeah, to me. He's been at it since, like, 2008, so there's a lot of past material that I haven't even heard yet, so I'm gonna have to dive back into his catalog and check out some of that stuff, but... Very good uh, writer, uh, great music, and I'm going to play a piece of the music for that called The Great Parallel to kick off this next block.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you <laughs> Reminiscing about past cats. Alright, DJ Nibbles and DJ Neko back with you for another great topic. Uh, another depressing topic. We're talking about our. Well, it's not really depressing. I, I talked about this a few months back about how when the Me Too movement kicked off, how I was a little worried that. You know, with these kind of things, they tend to go overboard, and then you get. The, you were worried that, um, like Angie the actual. You were worried that the actual victims were not going to get what they deserve, because other people were kind of like false claims. Yeah, false claims, and maybe just they weren't. I don't want to say blowing it out of proportion, but you were worried that people who actually deserve justice were kind of being overlooked because there are so many people out there. Yeah, because what happens is you get people who have legitimate claims of rape or assault or whatever, and and then all of a sudden you start getting people jumping on the bandwagon doing these same thing, but only they actually don't have cases, and they're just trying to get money grabs or whatever. And, you know, women have it hard enough as it is getting justice for certain things like rape and like all that kind of stuff but you know in the case that we're talking about with Harvey Weinstein you know this guy to me like I have zero problem believing he's guilty because long before Me Too even came out I remember hearing rumors about this guy and how he handled himself within uh, private meetings with actresses so when it finally all came to light, you know, after Rose McGowan and... There were and, several people who were like, we do not trust... And years ago said, we we will not work with Harvey Weinstein at all. And people were like, kind of appalled. Like, oh, you're just... You're just... A, you, have a, you're, you have a stick up your butt. You know, like... They, well, they weren't taking the women seriously. Well, like, and then, like, if you were a woman who you know, turned away his advances or whatever he was doing, uh, you were blacklisted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, women like Mira, uh, Mira Savino, uh, you know, she, <laughs> the one big thing with her was she was trying to be into the Lord of the Rings uh, franchise. She oh, was I didn't know that. Yeah, and but because Weinstein didn't get what he wanted, uh, he just blacklisted her ass and so and he was so powerful he could do that he could call other people he could call other production and, companies and that's where some of the problems with some of the other people around him became a problem because you had Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman Thurman had problems with Weinstein and you know Tarantino you know one of the problems that she had with Tarantino initially was that he wasn't 
going to bat for her like she would tell him what's going on but he wouldn't listen or just didn't think it was a big deal and then you have uh friends of like Weinstein like the Clintons were friends with him uh Oprah <laughs> um Barbara Streisand I think it was her you know Meryl Streep one of the Meryl two Street. but you know a lot of these other women and high uh ranking celebrities mm-hmm. you know just kind of just little went along with it and they were part of the problem maybe but see I don't want to say they're part of the problem maybe they didn't have a personal experience and then they had a very close relationship with Weinstein. So when they're like, um, he's never done that to me, well, it was hard for them to... So I, 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 don't I, want, I can see that. You I know what I mean? That. Like, And I, I am not excusing Weinstein at all, but I'm just saying from... I don't want to say I have no experience in this, but like... If someone came to me and said that, like, one of my close male friends raped them, I would have a hard time believing it because most of my close male friends I've been friends with probably since middle school or high school. So, coming from these other women's perspective, you know, I believe... They probably thought that it was an overreaction or maybe they were trying, they were hurt and they were trying to sully the name of Harvey Weinstein because they've never had an experience with him. That's not to say that when all the shit came and shit hit the fan and they realized that there were so many people who had like legitimate cases against him with evidence now we're seeing who the real Harvey Weinstein is but I can understand someone who might have been a close friend of his who might be like oh I know him he would never do that yeah but I think part of the problem that people have in in this particular case is that when you're in the Hollywood bubble or circle as it is the rumors are all there. Like I said, I was on the outside, and this is going back to maybe late 90s, early 2000s. I was hearing and reading about this stuff, about him and how he conducted himself. Like, I remember Emma Watson, who has actually met him but never had that experience with him, obviously, but part of the underlying joke was, you know, I guess she's going to be servicing Weinstein to get a role. So... But see, I can tell you one thing. She would not stand for that at all. Well, but, yeah, but the thing is, like, at the time, you know, to figure out how young she was. So, I think when they met, she was probably, like, 18 or 19. But, you know, it's a scary thing. Like, you know, and I think a lot of the women who had these experiences were scared. But the rumor mill, like, had to be there. Like, just with with so many women being involved in the talk, I just... I get what you're saying. Like, I understand, like, for Oprah, and then they're like, well, that wasn't the guy I knew. Because it's sort of like the Kobe Bryant and, um, fuck, I can't remember her name, but one of the main uh, WNBA players. But that's what I mean. Like, if someone came to me, and let's say it's you. Let's say someone's... we, We were involved in a terrible lawsuit because someone said that you raped them. And I'm like... No, no. I think sometimes when you are so close to a situation, 
you want to see like legit evidence. You want to well, see yeah. it in front of your face. And everyone's entitled to due process, but here's the thing. Here's here's the difference, I think. So if one person comes to you and says this about me, you shrug your shoulders and say, no, nah, that's not the guy that I know and love. If five people over a course of ten years says that to you, after a while it starts to make you think, does he have another life? Is he doing something else? And I think that's sort of what is the, the crux of the issue here is that this guy's been able to operate for years with all these like rumblings outside of the pockets and with the different women and whatnot. So I think that's part of the issue, and especially with the guys who are hearing some of this from the, like Uma Thurman who's telling Tarantino, this dude is doing this shit to me. Now, Tarantino might not do anything out of fear of, like, losing work because he might get blacklisted. And I think that's part of the problem, too, because he was so powerful. When you have that kind of power... But that's the part that worries women is that they want men like that to stand up and finally say no. You know, it's like, that's just the thing. Like, or women like Oprah, like, they're powerful enough to have a voice. So at this stage... That with Me Too and, you know, Weinstein, I think, just as being served, the only thing I really kind of hang my head about is that here it is, this guy's almost ready to die. Like, he's not going to last 10 years. Only. He got 23 years for the shit that he did. Uh, but I really don't think that he'll last 10 just because of his age. Like, it's really like, okay, yeah, we got him, just as being served, but, you know, it's like many years later, this guy got to be king of the throne for so long and get away with this shit that is really I mean, embarrassing. Some of, some of my favorite movies have been produced by his company. And, I mean, back to what you're saying about, like, women making claims or as as a woman, like, things have happened to me not, not in... I don't want anybody to think I've been, like, sexually assaulted or anything like that, but just being a woman, sometimes people... I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to put it. Like, like I was explaining to you the other day about the, uh, when we had the visitors and I got blamed for saying something that actually my male counterpart said. Right. So women always kind of, because a lot of times women are in the minority, women get more, are more memorable. So women kind of get quote unquote blamed for things more often. So I also think that because of that, people kind of brushed these claims off. Like, oh, they're being too sensitive or mm -hmm. they're being too, uh, they're not in it to, they got turned down. So now they're making these claims about Weinstein. And there's like cases like that where women who were legitimately just turned down, but had a spite or whatever. But, but you know what I mean? And, and th that kind of like compounds this and makes it more tricky because this has been going on for years and years. So you're like, okay, we've got this person who's saying one thing and we have this other person who knows Weinstein and is a good friend and is saying this other thing. It takes, and this is why this came to light. It takes a village. It takes everyone who has been affected. Okay, Hillary. It takes a village. <laughs> it takes a village. <laughs> but but it, if 
and it, it's hard because if these women all these women were affected by Weinstein in one way or another if they weren't actually sexually assaulted they were hurt by him or if they were sexually assaulted they were embarrassed about the situation so it, it, it almost takes one person to be like this is what happened and then it snowballed um but you, like you were saying, like Rose McGowan, I think even Courtney Love back in the 90s were saying things about Weinstein. But like, because Courtney Love had this like terrible reputation, everybody's like, she's just a crack whore. She's just a whore. Yeah, like, what does she know? So you need, you need to get your, your credible witnesses together. You need to, to combine together and as a force. Mm. And, Hello. Whoops. Go away. Um, sorry. Technical malfunction. But like I was saying, as soon as you can get like one woman to say this is what happened, and then you get another woman, and you get another woman, and it all starts, you know, collaborating, you're like, this is real. Like, he did the same thing to me. And then what's even worse for like his close female friends they're like this man that i've known for how many years it's like he's wearing a mask it's like he's a phony he is a fake harvey weinstein and then you're like but this guy was so benevolent and he's created these great films and that's well, let's be that's clear. The, that's, he was just bankrolling a lot of that shit. He but that's what I jack. mean. That's like that's the exterior of the shell. Yeah. He's just doing that like for his his I don't know, like his ego, his Oh yeah, he's it's all about ego with him. But then when you realize that this this turned into like this huge power trip and he's not only hurting these women who hardly know him and they're auditioning for him or whatever and he's hurting his male friends too and his female friends you just can't even like for me it's it's almost like suffocating like this is a terrible human being who has used everybody that he knew everyone his business partners actors and actresses friends family members and it's turned into this, oh, yeah, it's, this it's, whole shit with, show even with the people that didn't believe it or couldn't believe it like he betrayed them as well exactly like. because he's a liar and when it came to light that oh there's 26 women who have you know exact stories pinpointing what he does and they're all very similar and people have evidence and it's just, you're like, this is the person that I knew for a long time, and I vouched for this person. How can this this friend of mine do this to me, to these women, to, like, society? So anyway, 23 years. Let's hope he lives long enough to handle it all. I, I... Because, like, the more I start talking about and thinking about it, I'm like, this is a dick. Yeah. This guy is a real asshole. Well, the problem that 
that courts ran into. It's like there was a lot of and a lot of it charges is, is you, older too, so it's kind of like well, run its a course. lot of the charges they couldn't get the stick because whether time had passed too much or they couldn't get testimony. Right, it was just a lot. So the stuff that they could get on, they really they hit them with, and that's you know they were lucky to get twenty three thousand or twenty three years. Twenty three thousand years. What? That's wishful thinking there, but. So hopefully, uh, even though I don't think he'll live long enough to serve it all out, let's hope that he does. I hope I hope you live to be 110, buddy. So. Dude, I, I I hate people who abuse power like that. I really do. It's so frustrating. It, it's it's bad all the way around. Like it it has like a serious black mark on Hollywood, and you know just in powerful positions. We see it in politicians and government all the time. So. It shouldn't be a shock when we see it like this either, but it's good that justice was finally served. All right. All right, what's next, baby? I uh, got some new tombs, a new My Dying Bride, but we're going to kick it off from a track that Vlad sent us from Poland. Vlad! band called Xenos Filth Grinder. Enjoy. We'll be back. I love Vlad. Flame of 
DJ Nibis. And DJ Neko. Getting ready to close this bitch out as we torture ourselves looking at cats. Yeah, we only have one cat now, and when I say only, at one point we had four cats. And actually, we had five for a short period because we found one in a tree. We found a home for him, and, and he is doing wonderful with a friend of ours, but we only have one. Yeah. And she's old, and she's grumpy. Yeah, we, we dabble with the idea of getting another, but Miss Kitty just really is happy being queen of the, the house. We had, we had one about a year ago, and he was also a senior citizen, so we're like, oh great, two old cats, they won't even care, but Miss Kitty was so grumpy to him that we would have to put her in the bedroom by herself to like calm down she would get so angry at him we're like chill girl chill it's cool it's cool he's not gonna bother you so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes down the road i mean the ultimate plan is if miss kitty passes to get a couple of young ones but we are we're kind of one of those people that uh we take everybody's <laughs> special cases we, we give in sometimes so it's like oh my cat's 15 and i can't keep yes we'll take yeah, your our cat. cat's on yeah. a deathbed can you take it for yes yes we will because we love them we love animals we have two rabbits too Alright, so we're closing out this bitch with new Reed Hammer in. I've been into this band since 2013 with their Mintaka uh, EP. So they just released a new record. They're from Norway. Uh, it's called Viperus. And the track we're going to leave you with is Suffocate All Light. Thanks for listening. Yep, as always, appreciate the support. Any feedback, please? Please give us some. We Feed love feedback, even yeah. if it's mean. Well, we rather take the positive but, but we like <laughs> you can be mean too you can be like that bitch talks too much well she does but hey <laughs> <laughs> all right see y'all later this has been a new episode of the uh, hordes of chaos the whores the whores of chaos the podcast edition we might be all zombies next time we do this so take care of yourselves bye bye <laughs>